You're listening to Arrowhead Radio. He doesn't love us because we're good. He loves us because he's good. You can't steer a boat that's not moving. We, need, we as Christians, we need to start opening our mouths. And it says that he who believes on the Son has life, and he that does not believe um, does not have life, and the wrath of God abides on him. Uh, to me, one of the greatest things God did to me was give me peace, give me a hope, give me a promise. And I thought, I have eternal life. I'm, I'm about for heaven, and it's, it's forever. I'm Mark Dana. And I'm Venus Cote. And this is Hope to the Nations. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Hope to the Nations. This morning, uh, Mark Dana and Venus Cote have the immense privilege of chatting with Madeline Sark from Lenox Island, Prince Edward Island, as she shares uh, her story uh, of her walk with Jesus, as she talks about some of the challenges that uh, have confronted her in her life, and how she's had victory in Jesus. So we hope that this uh, podcast will be a blessing to you, that you'll be encouraged and uplifted, that you will be compelled to pursue Christ and hold him as central to your life. We're going to turn you over to them and their capable hands as they uh, are already mid-conversation. We're just uh, looking forward to hearing your story. I'm sure everybody will appreciate what you're going to share with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I was very um, taken back and honored that I was even asked. I uh, I know Venus, um, we've been chatting for a little bit. I think over this past year, I, we were hoping to get together over this past summer. Um, I haven't gotten to be with her since I was younger. So I would, um, I th- or maybe we met up a couple times, just, I don't know how, like, but, you know, um, I was hoping to get, to meet with her this summer but COVID had uh put the, uh, you know COVID <laughs> this yes. year so um so I appreciate you guys inviting me and asking me to speak I'm um I'm very honored and humbled I actually um not that I feel like I'm anything special or anything like that but uh always in my life Gazok the creator has always been very, very real to me since I was a very young child. I know, um, I guess when I say Paul's story, I think when you feel like you're set apart, mm-hmm. I always, I, yeah. I feel like um, God has set me apart. Not saying that I am anything special, but that God had something for me when I was really, really young, um, before I even knew Jesus, before yep. I knew any, anything to do with um, spiritual things, with the Holy Spirit, you know, I didn't know any of that before, but, but he spoke to me through, um, actually was my stepfather, um, Gilbert Tommy Sark, he actually... He played a big role in my early childhood. He was 20 plus years senior to my mother. Uh, 
but they fell in love when I was two years old. Uh, that was in, uh, well, I was born in 1982 and, uh, yeah. they met in 84. So <laughs> my dad, um, my stepdad, he was a residential school survivor. Oh. So this was very unique, um, to my upbringing as a young child growing up. And my mother, um, her mother was a residential school survivor. So it, it's very ingrained in my family mm. and the traumas and the effects, even to this day still, is very prevalent. Yeah. So my father and my mother were both al alcoholics. My, my mom uh, dealt with a lot of mental illness had tried to commit suicide and I'd found her one time. She didn't succeed at that time. Thank the Lord. And, but she also mm -hmm. had a experience in that moment, to be honest, but that's for her story. With that said, my early memories, uh, were up and down. So I had a lot of, uh, abuse that happened in the home. Um, mostly abusive and verbal abuse, emotional abuse. Mostly my mother had it the worst from my father. Um, it was almost like a Jekyll and Hyde with him as well because he was a, um, when he was sober, he was a excellent basket maker. He made traditional mm. Ashland baskets that were beautiful. He, we would go harvest harvest in the woods take our wood he'd make it from the tree to having a beautiful basket beautiful. he'd make carvings we trout fished we fished for our food rabbit wubbles they went out and uh, trapped and we don't have big game here in pei so so our game is are, is rabbit <laughs> uh, <laughs> real real hunters here boy True. You got a trophy a rabbit last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had some good stew, though. We had some amazing oh, stew. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> well, my family, because of uh, my dad's background, my mom's background, even in our community, we come from the poor side of the community. So my family uh, definitely went hungry a lot. The times and a lot of times it was because my parents had addictions so they couldn't manage I was always um, the mom growing up mm. my I had siblings um, three other siblings that grew up with me my three sisters I took care of them right from the time they were infants to the time that actually my mom and I left at the age of 11 at the age of 11 is when I was first introduced to, to Jesus in the, in the realm of, I knew who, I know baby Jesus. I knew the story. It's a Catholic community. Catholicism is huge. It, like it was ingrained in this community where I'm from, Lenox Island First Nation. Yep. So Catholicism, um, 
really ruled here. And so that's all that I knew and was ritualistic. God was this judge who, because if you think about in the context of indigenous living and on reserve, like authority is very scary. We have trust issues because of, you know, just history, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's said that's everybody knows that so then you have this person that's telling you how to live here i had this father who was ingrained from the residential school this is how it should be you know it's like you know like everything was you know i very strict yes very strict yeah there was no sense of love there was no sense of like you did it out of that you wanted to do it. You did it because you had to do it. You were told to do it. There was no free will, <laughs> really, <laughs> even though they taught you that, <laughs> but it really wasn't. With Catholicism, it, uh, it kind of distorted how I seen God. And so... That was always how I thought of it. I knew every rosary. I knew, like, my dad had us, we had, did rosary every weekend. Like, we, I mean, it was very ritualistic. And I I learned that that's the way that we had to be forgiven. And my dad, it really, what helped, like, I could, if I looked at it now, seeing him, that made him struggle so much because he never was good enough. I always felt like that and then even in my it affected my life even in my general living that I wasn't good enough there's always this level of like I'm never get to that how I'm supposed to be civilized person I guess or or uh, to be accepted in the in society okay right mm-hmm. yeah so that's kind of my background story with my how I seen God. So when I first was introduced to to Jesus, really to to the Word of God, because you weren't in Catholicism, you don't read the Bible. Like it's you don't read it. The priest tells you. Like he'll read it and he'll tell you what it says and his interpretation of it. But that's how it goes. Yeah. So I never even got to read it. Like, so even being able to read it, you almost were like, you felt like you were doing something wrong. It, I, it's, it's strange, but it really was like, like for, we're allowed to read it. Like it was, it was kind of weird that we even felt wrong. So how I got introduced was there were missionaries who came to Lenning Island. I was approximately 11 years old, 10 or 11. I think it was probably more 10, 10 years old. So about 28 years ago, uh, they came and came to my reserve and started doing like uh, just Bible studies. Actually, what's what the word of mouth that got out on the res was that there was free food. So yeah. <laughs> all you have to do is just say food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So as soon word. as everybody knew there was free food, 
Oh my gosh, we had so many people. Like we, everybody was going. Then when they found out what was, what was going on, and maybe the crowd little dwindled a little bit, but still, you even though, even in that time period, even when they they didn't stop people from coming in, even just to feed them, because it was you know even that act of love eh, is is a testimony or it's a a way to show Christ or show God's love, right? Yeah. So the food was a big thing. And so that's what got us to this Bible study. That's how it started here. And um, there was probably a handful of, of people who converted. The missionaries who came here um, were, I felt like they were, uh, their hearts were in the right place in the beginning. This, this, um ministry is very very hard the Mi'kmaq people are very difficult not difficult i shouldn't say it that way they're mistrusting because we've been hurt so much right from settlement right mm -hmm. so it's yeah. hard to trust and then if you do open your heart to people or open your heart to something um you know, especially our people, if we open up and then we're hurt again, it's really hard to get get that back. And uh, mm. it's, it's that stumbling block, right? So just if we can, anyway, that's all. <laughs> I can go down another rabbit hole on that. But um, with them coming here, I, I was actually able to... Um, uh, as a kid, was able to know God in the way that how I'm trying to remember kind of how it really happened. I, I feel, just like how I said, I always knew and I always was connected and I always prayed. So I didn't feel like there was like this dramatic change in me, like how maybe other people coming out of like really dark paths. Um, yeah. I just feel like things were reassured for me that what I was actually thinking or things that were given to me, like, I feel like God has given me the gift of, I think all of us have the gift if we listen, is that like, inst like he gives me words like to, through the spirit, I'm able to see things other than I don't want to say it in a way that I'm not um, being respectful no, that's of. That's fine. Yeah. But I feel like uh, he's been able to help me only for the fact that I don't have many here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel very alone in my own community. So a lot of times, like, I'm connected in a different way sometimes that I'm people even laugh at me because they're like, don't even get, let, let Madeline say it. And oh my goodness, it's like, just let Madeline say it. It's, it's like God has given her grace somehow. And I'm like, and, <laughs> get Madeline to say it, they say, that's all. <laughs> and um, it's not, I'm not saying that I'm anything special. I just believe with all my heart that what I've been shown over my life and I've seen many many things over my life that made god so real mm. and that 
even though there is things that happen in my life and over my over my journey in my life he was always still real even when i was being the rebellious kid you know mm -hmm. um because and mostly it's because of uh the enemy coming in and and causing me to be angry he was like it was an opportunity right yeah and i allowed that at the, that moment mm -hmm. but um i will step back a little bit i'll go back a little bit to where my my uh days of uh when i first started knowing god um through the Bible study, and I even remember coming home from one Bible study. I don't know what it was, but something really stood out to me. I think it was a well. I know it has has to be this passage because to this day, it is a passage that really stands out to me, and I tell everyone because I always. Even though I had a lot of family around me, because our communities are very we're family all around, like we don't get mm -hmm. away with it. We have, our people are all around, and so it's of course. Um, I know it's kind of generic, but it it was something the first time that I ever felt like I seen something biblically that that spoke to my mi'kmaq spirit i don't know how to say that like because i felt like i didn't know how to be mi'kmaq and be a christian or like to ha feel like i almost felt like i had to choose it's like you're choosing to a part of you not to i don't know how to really explain that i can understand yeah um so um sometimes that's that's a real struggle in my life still at some from time to time um, so could you just give us an example of how god brought that together maybe it's just a simple example well well t uh, this is the passage that kind of always reminds me um that we have something someone and like like I was saying about my parents, I didn't really have parents that could really be there for me to even teach me how to, you know, how to be a loving mother or how to do things in a loving way or or talk about things or know your true feelings and um, being safe and emotionally safe to talk about things. I never learned that. I never, in my family, the only place I ever learned real love, like what was true, was was God's what God had said to me. But this this was in, in Isaiah forty and twenty eight, and I love how it actually like. Well, I know there's more to the context of the story, but um, like him, they just saying to uh, uh, to him, "Have you not known? Have you not heard?" The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable, gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. 
Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And that part right there, um, at that time, uh, when I, I, I don't know why the youth part really stood out to me, because a lot of times, even in the Christianity, I noticed that um, um, because of how the hierarchy is, sometimes the youth don't really get like heard a lot of times. And even in my community, this happens. Like, and so it was like him saying to me, like, I, like you're important. Like you're, I hear you, you know, um, and the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. But even that part where it says they shall mount up with wings like eagles, I think that too was the next thing that stood out to me because that's something that in our, in our culture with, with eagles being the messenger, that, that's, that, that was a way that God would like, it spoke to me, like spoke to my spirit. And it was like saying, like, Madeline, you're, I don't care who you are. <laughs> like, I don't care what nation you're from. Like, I, we love, I love everyone and I love you. And I, if you need me, I'm going to be your parent. I'm going to be that person that helps you when you need strength that no, like, and all of my life, when I start feeling like that, when I start feeling like I, I'm, I am weak or I, that like, how do I do this God? Or like, you know, th those words always go back. Like, no, nope. he told me like, and it's the first time that I ever felt like someone that I could trust because yes. even in my life, even those, the missionaries that I had, um, I had met, I, God, through my, through, through my walk has, had given me the opportunity to live with them. Mm -hmm. Now, because my parents had separated, uh, my mother couldn't take care of me. She, her drinking got really bad and couldn't take care of me anymore. Um, so I'd ha had the opportunity to go with them. Uh, now with that said, there's some things that happen in that home that broke me and broke my trust in, in, in people and in people with, especially like a pastor or someone that is in that type of authority. It was like, again, <laughs> that, um, the same narrative that I've lived and heard my dad talk about, my mom talk about, my cousins, my aunties, my cousins, well, you know, all my family have talked about that happens, happened again. And it, I think at that time, it did something to me. I know I, I had uh, decided to well, I graduated from from um, high school, and I applied to Liberty University, and I got in. I went to, I took um, psychology with the emphasis on child, because my, 
I always felt like God still called me to come back to Lennox. I felt yeah. like even then, I felt like my calling was back to my people. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I thought was like, I want to help the kids because I've been there and I know what it feels like. And how do yeah. I give them hope that because the, where I come from, from the part of my, my community, the poor part, the part that we almost like get looked, like looked over, like I was saying when I come back, I'm like, I'm not, I want to come back to make sure that there's not going to be one kid that has to feel like that or that they would have opportunity outside of, of no matter what, what has been put in their, in front of them or obstacles or barriers, whatever you want to call it, the enemy. I was going to fight against that because I found even though I did the creator had put the, these missionaries in my life first of all I found Jesus second of all even though there is some I learned beautiful principles and beautiful um, life lessons from a biblical point of view. Mm -hmm. So I try to keep my mind towards that now. However, it really rocked my, my belief and my faith at that time. I did go to university I started thinking on my own at that time period. So I think um, it was a probably going to Bible school. It wasn't a good time for me to go to Bible school <laughs> because I was a little angry. I was yeah. mad at God. And when I had the opportunity to get out and start thinking on my own, I could see that there is, um, I didn't want to have that for my life. And those, to be honest, the, um, I, I don't know, this is really, it's, that's probably the most difficult part of my life. Yeah. Was through probably from 16 to, 20 was a very dark period of time for me because the gentleman had um, sexually abused me from the time I was um, 13 and a half till I left. And it really bothered me because um, I was always felt like no one would believe me anyway because of who he was and I knew the church. I've seen how they handled things and other women before. So I understood that 
if you said something, it probably would be bad for me. And that's how I thought. It's a uh, very uh, difficult, like feeling helpless that way, yeah? Helplessness, <laughs> I guess. Yes, yes. And, and what was so bad was because of that, it was creating this wedge with like us God, like us. So I was like, if that's what it's all about, like I was just, I was just mad. I was like, it just happened again. It was like the, the, the devil knew what to put in, like just to say, yeah, see, see what they did, they do. You know, like it was just the way mm -hmm. to be like, yeah, told ya. Because mm -hmm. I was so weary, like all my life, I've been taught to be very cautious. Just it not, nobody told me that. It's just in, when you live in a community like this, you're just society makes you very cautious and um, things that happen in our lives aren't always equitable to non-Indigenous people, like how it is with, with non-Indigenous. So a lot yeah. of things can happen to our people that are, it's just wrong, really, to be honest with you. Ethically, morally wrong. And there's a, it's like a double standard. So I knew that in my life, and I, I felt like this just was that other stamp for me. And so through that time period, I did go to Bible school. I did take youth ministry minor. And Zeus was always still like, whether I was mad or not, it almost made me more fired up to want to do something even more because <laughs> I was hurting yeah. and I was like, I'm not letting it, this is, this is happening again. Like, how do we keep letting, and, 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 and the society and systems keep letting it happen, but we say it and it's like, you're not believed, like. Even last night, I went to the the hospital. I'm having um, some medical issues, but even when you go to the hospital and you say um, certain things, you I wasn't even believed about what um, something that how I was feeling. I'm not even a person to go get pain medications, anything like that. But I knew automatically that's exactly what they thought I was there for. Yeah, and trying to advocate outside of that when you go there even and without looking like a crazy indian lady <laughs> like <laughs> right honest to goodness it's it's oh it's so it it's tiring it gets really tiring but there's a point to this <laughs> <laughs> this life that we live in christ is just like it sometimes you know, even being First Nation, like in our uh, in our walks with the Lord, you know, not the, if we're not, we're not of the world, right? Like mm. they're not going to be, they're not <laughs> going to like us. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're strangers. This is not our home. Right, right. I feel so. Even at times, that's where I feel like. I've lost some really great close friends because of who, how I had to stand mm. and how I had to stand for things that I knew that was right according to Kizok. 
Yes. Our creator. God, mm -hmm. Lord Jesus. You know, and it. But it, in the end, it's it's, it's going to be worth it. Yeah. Amen. In the end, it's going to be worth it. Venus, I, we should kind of break right there and work into another segment, if we could, because that sounds like a good point of finishing for a yeah. second, starting in a second. That's all right. right. Is that let me get that some coffee. Yes, and let me get yeah, me some get more some coffee. coffee. Yes. <laughs> in two weeks, they'll be back. And uh, you'll have an opportunity to hear the rest of Madeline's story and how God has been working in her life. This has been a broadcast of Arrowhead Radio, a ministry of Arrowhead Native Bible Center. For good Christian resources, visit our bookstore at wabanakibooks.com. Look for a new episode next week, wherever you find your favorite podcasts.